The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Monday, February 21st, and this is our very first Mock Draft Monday podcast. Ryan Wilson will be joining me to every Monday for the rest of his life. No rest for the weary. Yeah, this is just Wilson season, baby. This is where, this is right now, this stretch from the beginning, from, from now, the end of February to the beginning of May, this is how you become senior, junior NFL draft analyst. You know what I also need to guard against is uh, not being a butthole because uh, last time, remember last year at this time, there were some some iTunes reviews. that TikToks. TikTok. Oh, yeah. This time no, last they, year. The TikToks were funny. The, the iTunes reviews were, they were serious. Like, Ryan's a jerk. Yeah. And I think Breach surmised that I was probably grumpy from, uh, you know, nonstop grinding, as I like to say. Well, by, by the, the end time of we got April. to the, look, by the time you get to the draft, you're a little snappy. You're a little punchy. You're a little, you've been working your butt off. I mean, you know, it ain't by easy. By the way, I'm going to quickly call out Debo. Debo, you didn't uh, apprise me of the uh, TikTok compilation that our buddy, producer Ryan Stryker, sent me last week, which oh, was completely and utterly hilarious. He said, so my boy Ryan Wilson over at CBS Sports came out with his latest mock draft. Every week, I pray that this guy will make a good mock draft, and he just can't do it. <laughs> So my boy, that, maybe that should be the cold open for mock draft Mondays. There is no, it should be. There, there are like There's 20 of those, <laughs> 20 of those little teenagers ripping me new ones. Uh, much to the, much like that, that young fellow there was, uh, if we, I don't think we had a podcast on Friday or maybe we didn't have a podcast on Thursday. We missed one podcast. Apologies for that. Uh, my internet line was severed last week and then it was gone for the weekend. No, no, it was severed. Um, and, uh, at any rate, you're watching on youtube youtube.com slash pick six like and comment on the video if you haven't already hit that subscribe button turn on alerts we'll have uh, i think we have plans for a lot of live shows coming up and if you're listening to the podcast in audio form give us a five-star rating on either apple podcast or spotify if you leave a review with a question attached to a five-star rating on apple we will get it we will answer it in an upcoming off-season mailbag pod which are frankly my favorite podcasts of of the uh the entire year i think I'm sitting right here, you realize. Oh, I mean, you're on the mailbag pods. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I just like that like we get to answer ridiculous questions from listeners. Yep. Okay, so the Combine is up in, two. is it two weeks? Starts, 
for me, it starts February 28th. I think that's when the players start arriving, and then they're there through March 5th or 6th, the following Saturday, Sunday. I, I went to the Combine for like 10 straight years, and I still don't re- like get the schedule. They keep changing it, too, because now they've made a lot of the things primetime events, uh, like literally field day for primetime. hate it. Yeah, it, it's, you know, everything. Who's I, oh, I was talking to my neighbor who asked me how California was when we were out there at the Super Bowl, and I said, you know, you can't beat the time change because everything happens early and then you're done by worst case 7 p.m. And then, you know, we can go out and have a couple of adult beverages and, and be in bed by 11. That's true. That's why they want to put the combine in LA. Um, Which is hysterical because Sean McVay still won't go to it. That's right. The Rams will send anybody to the, the, the combine. Um, you know who else is boycotting the combine? The players. They might be doing it. Uh, there's a, a lot of tension about the NFL's bubble approach uh, for the scouting combine in Indianapolis, the final year that it's locked into Indy, uh, it's kind of sucks. I mean, it sucks that they're moving it to other places. Indy's awesome. Indy's a great town. There's Indy's no one. Per- so like, everything's close to- together. Yes, it's cold, but I mean, you can walk indoors to get everywhere, and it's not crowded. Good places to eat. Good people. If you move the combine to Los Angeles, Ugh. it will be, and they're going to do it in LA because they want to showcase that stadium. They the NFL Network is based there. They're going to do that. Maybe it'll stop now, in Dallas first. It's going to go to L.A. Here's the thing. If it's in L.A., please don't put it in the convention center. Please put it at SoFi Stadium. No, it'll, be so, it'll be at SoFi Stadium. Okay. The problem is the thing that makes a combine so great is that you can network with GMs, player personnel guys, coaches, scouts, agents, and everybody can kind of convene in the same spot. And it's any small enough. And just the way that the flow works within the city, you, you know, you can – you can find, you know, it, it, LA would be completely different if if people wanted to be completely off the radar. I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't love the idea. You have to meet up at the Viper Room. That's the yeah. only room I know. Uh, there you go. Um, also, Nikki Blaine's Underground Cigar Bar. Oh my goodness! Greatest place on earth. I might just. I might just go to Indianapolis. Anyway, don't tell anyone. Just show up. Okay. Jason Lockerfour reports our CBS Sports NFL Insider reports that many players are planning not to go to the combine at all unless changes are made and others will simply go for medicals but will not participate in drills. Jonathan Jones, another one of our CBS Sports NFL insiders, our good pal, uh, both, of course, friends friends of the podcast, said, JJ says agents are trying to apply pressure on the league, looking for concessions about how they approach it. Um, and a group of agents is a, 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 a that represents like 130 of the top players in the draft upset over the bubble because it does not allow the players to work with their personal support staffs at the combine. In other words, they have performance training staffs, you know, um, masseuses, masseuses, all this stuff. They won't be able to work with those people. And as such, what came out, Adam Schefter, I I guess, basically got a summary about what the agents want sent to him and, 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 and tweeted it out. Adam Schefter of ESPN, of course, that they're not boycotting it per se. They simply want, they will go and do meetings. They'll go and do, uh, medicals interviews but they don't want to test without having the full support of the, you know, the different parties around them. And you know what? I'm fine with that. It's a weird, as uh, Tommy Tran was our buddy. Weird flex. XQ was, yeah, he's, he texted said, that's sort of a weird flex by the NFL. And I agree with that. It's funny. I was talking to an agent about this too. And I said, so is that a big deal having to do the bench press and the drills on the same day? He goes, no, that's what they do with the pro days. Like it's not, that's not a big deal, but the agents want to have, make sure they have, um, sort of, you know how you go all in, um, you sort of over ask so you can get a little something in return. Uh, negotiation. Sort of, 
when you're right when you're trying to, to to work these bargains, and that's sort of the the angle that it felt like they were working according to the, the agent I was talking to. And he said that the big issue and the one you just talked talk to is like, why can't you have access to your your um, workout team? Because if these guys are training at Exos or training somewhere else, they have different means for in terms of warming up. They have different ways of cooling down. And if they're out there in the hallways doing it by themselves. And by the way, it's not 2020. What, what's up with the bubble stuff? These guys are 20 years old. Presumably they're all vaccinated. Who gives a crap? What, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I just got back, like, literally, you know, right before we recorded this podcast, got back from uh, South Carolina, where uh, COVID does not exist. I was going to say, Indiana probably isn't much different than South Carolina, where you were, Alabama, where I was a few weeks ago. I mean, why are, I don't know what the local laws are, but I'm not sure. It feels like the NFL are superseding the local laws to, for reasons that remain a mystery. Yeah. And it's particularly weird after the NFL went, like, basically got rid of COVID in the playoffs by completely changing the protocols. And I mean, zero t- players tested positive throughout the entire NFL playoffs. And now the NFL is going to implement a bubble approach for, um, you know, for, for draft prospects. I, I don't know. The whole it's, thing it's is a weird flex. I don't understand the math. Yeah. And if you I mean, we're not, and look, no one here is saying that, you know, like screw it, you know, don't be, um, you know, like everybody should be diligent, keep practicing, you know, what you need to do safe. You know, we're all, we're all in this together. What, what's, what's the local ordinances on on how they should deal with COVID. It's Indiana, I would imagine, it's a little less uh, conservative than some other places like where I live in New York. And if right. so, why do we need a bubble for a bunch of 20-year-olds? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's, if you're uh, 65 and predisposed to getting sick, don't go to the don't go to the, the combine. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty straightforward, just like every other walk of life. Yeah, I, I guess I um I, I don't I don't know what the current uh, setup is, but yeah, I mean it's uh it, it's it's it looks like they're changing guidelines for school and mask mandates. So, yeah, I mean, look. If, so they're going maskless at schools is what you're telling me? If they're going mask, maskless at schools. What are we doing? What are we doing with the bubble? bubble at, at the right. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Now, look, uh, there's going to be a ton of people from all over the country in the convention center walking around. I get it. But still. They can wear a mask, just like L.A. And right, we don't need a linker on the – no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know the truth. I don't know the impetus I behind this. This from us, by the way. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, we're mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore. I I would bet that what ends up happening is either the NFL changes the schedule, or the NFL is like, actually, you know what? This is great. We don't care if anyone works out. Go work right. out at your pro day. What are they going to do from eight till ten every night? Well, the, from the television standpoint, that's not it's not ideal. I would imagine there's some broadcast rights. I mean, the people aren't people are paying something to broadcast these things. Well, I think people. I think some people will still work out. Ain't no one caring about the 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 guy that's 250 to 330 on the, on the list of combine invites working out. Maybe they'll talk about people not working out for three hours. All right. Well, if that, selfishly, people, selfishly, I love the idea of no one working out. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, I would like to get some forty times of stuff, but yeah, I get it. But I yeah, guess I mean, you can get them the I just don't understand what the NFL's like short-term or long-term vision is by, by implementing these rules. That's all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very bizarre. So we'll update that throughout the week. I mean, I, I, you're right from the television standpoint, the NFL will probably figure out a way to make sure that these agents. Like, and as uh, you point out, they didn't care about the last two and a half weeks of the NFL season. So <laughs> this is like the random uh, call up to the booth thing that you don't like so much. This feels like a random call up to the, yeah, to the doctor. And he's like, yeah, let's try this and see what happens. So I would guess either allow these guys access to their teams 
Is they make them part? And, and are these guys going to do Zoom interviews? Are they going to interview at the at podiums? If it's a bubble, I, I don't know how they're going to interview. Because you can't do, you can't be like go interview with a core of a, 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 like a three hundred people in a room. Throng, throng. What do I think of? What throng, I, throng. My God. Or thong, thong. A throng of reporters from all over the country, but you certainly cannot talk to your uh, Axios or maybe they literally bring them in a little. Those little bubbles you roll downhill in when you're a bubble boy from Seinfeld. Yeah, maybe that's how they get in there. Yeah, we're really squeezing this bubble situation to death, huh? Hey. Uh, anyway, that's we'll update that. We'll see what that how that goes next two weeks. They'll they'll figure out something. Let's talk about your mock draft. What version do you think this is? Um, probably twenty. 25, good guess. 25. You've done 25 mock drafts already? Starting with the beginning of September in the college football season. My God. And you wonder why Wilson loses his mind on drag. Our buddy uh, Adam Gold asked me this the other day. What's the station he works at in Raleigh? 999 The Fam. He said, honestly, from now and between now and late April, how much do these mock drafts change? Let's not be honest, not very much, but that's not the point. <laughs> well, this class in particular, it really reminds me of the two, and I, and I don't mean this in a pejorative standpoint, um, the 2013 NFL draft class, one of the least appealing drafts of you know, the last 10 years or so. And, and I, I say it reminds me of that because coming into that draft, Lane Johnson, really good player. I mean, you know, but by and large, this is a disastrous draft class, at least in the first round, at least the early picks. DeAndre Hopkins came out of there. Cordero Patterson, one of the better players in the draft too. Zach Hurst, Darius Slay. So plenty of good players. But up top, you had two offensive linemen, Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel. You had a hyper-athletic pass rusher out of Oregon, Deion Jordan. And then you had another pass rusher who was in the mix to be the top edge guy off the board in Ezekiel Ansah. Uh, Barkevius Mingo also uh, up in that up in that mix as well. And But just, you know, generally speaking, like the Chiefs were the first overall – they had the first overall pick. They could not trade out of that pick. Andy Reid and uh, John Dorsey wanted to. No one – I mean, I, when I say no one, I mean, like, they could not have said, we will give you a fifth-round pick and this first-round pick to move down. Nobody's like, nobody's like, no, we don't we don't want to move up there and pay and pick between these tackles and have to pay one a ton of money, uh, w w which comes with that first overall pick. Do you think that there are some similarities in that sense, Wilson? Yeah, this 2013 draft class might actually be worse. There are fewer oh, quarterbacks because E.J. Manuel went 16th, and then I think um, Geno Smith went 39th. And I'm going through the second round here. There, oh Lord! Like Le'Veon Bell might be one of the best players in this draft class. He went 48th, and back in yeah. 20, 2013. And I'm going. I believe, I believe uh, Mike Glennon, third quarterback off the board. And and you look, even in the second rounders. And yeah, 2013 is now nine years ago. I think what's next season starts maybe 10. Uh, a lot of the second rounders are out of the league. Eddie Lacy was a win the second round. I mean that wasn't going to work. Travis Kelsey went 63rd overall. Again, he's a first round pick if he didn't have some of the off field issues yep. uh, that plagued him. Tyron Matthew went in the third round. Probably the same situation with him. There was some off the off Ke Keenan there. Allen had some injury issues. He went third round. Teron Armstead. Oh, Teron Armstead and Keenan Allen. Oh, school guy. That's why he dropped. And my, and um, Keenan Allen ran ran a, a bad 40 time, so that probably affected him. He, he also – I mean, I know it's just because he you know, was from Greensboro, but he um he had a, a bunch so of – Keenan Allen is? Yep. He's a 3-3-6 guy. Nice. And what did you fourth round pick in this in, in 2013. I don't know why we're going over the 2013 class. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking about the as it relates to this class. This class, this 2013 class might be worse. It is 
So that's the good news. If you if you're looking for something better than the 2013 class, I think this class has it. There'll be a, a couple quarterbacks going round one, maybe three, and there are a ton of edge rushers, ton of offensive linemen, ton of wide receivers and running backs. Things you can get excited about if you're uh, a fan of a team that needs a lot of help. Uh, yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, you have had my boy Icky. I can Ikwanu. Did I do that right? Yeah, Ikum Ikwanu. Ikum Ikwanu. I can't pronounce anybody's name correctly, even uh, superstars coming from NC State. You've had him, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau, friend of the friend of well, not friend of the podcast, friend of HQ, uh, going in the top spot. They are along with Evan Neal, who I guess a little surprisingly you haven't had go number one yet. Um, are based Maybe on the odds. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson plus one seventy five, Evan Neal plus one seventy five, Kayvon Thibodeau plus 425, and Icky, 8-1 to one to go first overall. The next, this is, of course, on Caesars, the next closest guy, 40-1. to one. That's Charles Cross and then Malik Willis, 40-1 to one to Ooh. go first overall. In other words, as of right now, and these odds are really more reactionary than predictive, I think. This is basically odds, and this is Caesars, and everybody does this. They are reacting to what they're seeing in mock drafts and sort of the buzz that goes on. Like for instance, if, if there was a rumor out there that the uh, let's see that this, I don't know who's uh, who, who would, who would make sense as a trade. Let's say there's a rumor that this, that the Jaguars hate Trevor Lawrence and they want to draft Malik Willis and trade Trevor Lawrence. And he's on the trading block. Malik Willis odds would drop dramatically. Obviously, that's not happening. It's just just as a, a point of reference that these odds are reactionary. Don't don't read into them that that's definitely happening. But this is sort of a snapshot of where we are. Um, in your latest one, you got Icky going first overall. Prisco seems to think Pete Prisco seems to think it's going to be uh, uh, Neil rather than Iquanu. What okay, are your What are your thoughts on sort of those two guys, and then Hutchinson and Thibodeau as as, as pass rushers at one? Here's the thing with Evan Neal, like. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw it over the summer, but he did this box jump, which is insane for someone who's 360 or 370 or whatever he's a he is. Massive man. And he he's incredibly athletic. The athleticism that you saw in that box jump didn't match the way he played in 2021. And I, I talked to teams that don't they like him, but they don't love him. And they don't love him certainly as number one pick, and they don't love him as the first offensive tackle off the board. So um that's one thing. We're at the senior bowl with Scott Pioli, you know, five time Super Bowl champ, executive of the year, worked for the Patriots forever. GM for the Chiefs, friend of the podcast, and he's a big offensive line guy. And he was talking; he said the same thing. Like he said, I, I didn't. I'm not speaking out of school. He said this on HQ. He said I, I like Evan, but he didn't live up to his expectations, play in and play out. And when I think about Evan Neal, I think about Jedrick Wills in the last three draft classes coming out of Alabama. Jedrick Wills is by and away the best offensive lineman that came out of Alabama the last few years. Right tackle, Alabama played left tackle at Cleveland almost seamlessly. Alex Leatherwood won the top. Was a first round pick last year. Shouldn't have been a first round pick. That's not his fault. The Raiders just took him there. Right. Um, he's already kicked inside the guard because he's he's an okay player. He's not a first round talent, I don't think. Maybe that changes. I think Evan Neal falls in between those two, probably closer to Jedrick Wells, but he doesn't play with that consistency yet. Can he? Yeah, of course he can. He can get better. And P might be right. I'm sure there are teams that like Evan Neal better than Iquanu. And I think Iquanu, just physically, what he's able to do is is unmatched in this draft class. Like he, I call him Dr. Pancake, the run game. Cause he's just, Oh my God. He's, he's a destroying smaller. guys. Now when you talk to offensive line 
folks, people who understand the offensive line better than than I do, they they say he needs to work on his pass sets, uh, and I say okay if you say so. But he looks to be pretty consistent in doing it, just based on sheer athleticism. So that's something you have to coach up. But I, I would feel much better rolling him out there day one to protect Trevor Lawrence than, or a little bit better, not much better, than Evan Neal. So I, I like them both. One's one, one's one A. But if you're pressing me on it, I'm going to take a Quanu for the upside. I would um, obviously I'm extremely biased here. <laughs> like, like uh, I mean, I watched Icky play at State, and I mean that dude. You you watch NC State tape, and he is getting the second level and just punish. I don't I don't want to I don't want to compare him to Quentin Nelson. I think that would be disrespectful to Quentin Nelson, mm-hmm. and they play different positions, obviously. But the physicality and the finishing in that run game is just so. I mean, like you can't it, it, with with. Finesse, like a combination of finesse and power is a really difficult thing to teach for an offensive lineman. And it's hard to see how someone wouldn't fall in love with that and potentially the Jaguars. Look, with Jacksonville, it also depends, you know, who's calling the shots on personnel with the draft. Is it Trip Balky? Is it Doug Peterson? You know, is it um, did Rick Spielman ended up joining him yet? Or that was yeah, just- uh, He's supposed to, right. Doug says yeah. he's, he's looking forward to getting to know Trent Balky. So. Yeah, like we don't know yet. And, but point being is that, you know, we, you know, we've got, um, you know, we don't we don't really know what the setup in Jacksonville is quite yet in terms of uh, how who's going to be calling the shots and whatnot. So we'll have to see how that breaks down. And and of course, look, the combine and these pro days will uh, be difference makers. I'm excited to go out to NC, NC State's pro day. And um, you know, this is my job, right, son? Um, can you say hello to Mr. Ryan? Hi, bud. Daddy. No, hold on. no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's telling secrets on air. Yes, of course. Go get them. I don't see uh, They're probably in the car. Just wait till mommy gets back. Robbie's yeah. telling secrets. Oh, my God. I thought he was going to say something bad. He's like, can I have some Oreos? Yeah, Robert. All right. That's a great The offseason has begun. Um, he snuck up here. He scared the living crap out of me when I looked over, and he was sitting, standing up there. At the, More or less scared than when you almost got hit in the head by the scrim. Uh, less. That, 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 that was, yeah. Um, that so, was. Uh, really quickly on the pass rushers. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, I tried to listen to a couple draft pods on the drive back just so I would have some preparation. And nice, I think if you. you have Hutchinson going number two to the, the Lions. I, if I had to guess, 99.9%, and I'm sure there's like one mock out there who didn't do it, or maybe maybe I say 90% because maybe 10% have Hutchinson going first overall to the Jaguars. There's like this whole narrative. It's a, this blue-collar, hard-working guy from Michigan, you know, home state guy. The Lions got to get him. He likes to bite ankles. It feels like that is a very much a – and, I mean, I'm guilty as charged too, right? But it feels like that's sort of the consensus. If the, if he's there for the Lions, they're taking him situation, right? Yeah, I mean, his – I think it was his uncle who played at, at Michigan and had a bunch of sacks too. I think his uncle's probably my age, like in the in the early nineties. So he has a history of Michigan. I don't know if he comes from a blue collar home or not, but he seems like a good dude. He's gotten better each and every year. Like he's gotten a lot better each and every year. And you know, the, the question is, is his ceiling sort of low? And I'm always like, well, if this is a ceiling right here, I'm quite happy taking him See, as a top five that, pick. That to me is uh, idiotic. And, and I, and I, I'm not saying that I definitely not necessarily as it relates to Aiden Hutchinson, just as it relates to, anyone who is 21 years old and about to leave college. Like people said that Joey Bosa, they're like, he's got a you know, really high floor, but you have to question the ceiling of Joey Bosa. It's like, what, what do you mean question the ceiling? The dude is very clearly the best pass rusher in the draft class, an elite level prospect. And he's 21. He's only going to get better, particularly from a, a physical standpoint. You know, he's, he's, he's not even, not even six years away from his physical prime. So 
And even um, still, if Bosa and Hutchinson were both unblockable in every single play, play well, yeah, the the, the ceiling's going to be pretty low because there's there's only you can only go down from there. Right. Exactly. I have no issue with the way with the way he plays or concerns about him not getting better because he was he was unstoppable just about every play for Michigan this year, and he got a lot better from 2020 to 21 and from 19 to 20. So, you know, I suspect he will continue to improve if only incrementally, but that's certainly enough to make him a top five pick. Uh, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, who you embarrassed yourself with when mm. you interviewed him, he said, I have you at four. And he and Ray Lewis both looked like they wanted to. I, well, first of all, Hassel said, Ryan, you have him at four. And I said, well, I haven't going at four because I was gonna be, thought he was going to sit on the other side of the table, Chris, but thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> but Ray did um, have a look on his face like, I cannot believe that this person who I don't know who he is just said what I thought he said. <laughs> I said, Ray, I don't know who you are. What's up? Yeah, I'm and a Steelers I, fan, Ray, so I don't care if I insult you too, bro. And then I jumped um, off the roof. You have Thibodeau going fifth overall to the Giants in, in this mock draft. And I, I assume that's more about the uh, the Jets, te- the Jets, Texans, and Jaguars needing offensive line than it is necessarily how these prospects sort of slot out, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I'm just trying to do the math. So let's say that if the Lions had the first pick and maybe if the Falcons had the second pick, I think the first two picks are Hutchinson and, and Thibodeau in that right. order. Exactly. Every other team, like even the Giants, the Giants would love to have an offensive lineman, but the, the three already off the board by the time they, they go on the clock. Um, yeah, three off the board by the time they go on the clock at number and, five. And they pick two picks later. And they pick two picks later. And Carolina, JLC has reported that they love Kenny Pickett. I, I want to see what happens in free agency with the quarterback situation. Oh boy. But they they need offensive linemen worse than anything. I mean, you can take all the quarterbacks you want. If you don't have an offensive line there and you don't have a second-round pick because you're wasted on Sam Darnold, it's going to be a long season for whoever's under center. So I think the biggest need for a lot of the teams in the top ten is offensive linemen. And on some level, that that affects Hutchinson and uh, Thibodeau's ability to, to get drafted and make a little bit more money. But I think... Thibodeau at five isn't unreasonable. And here's the conversation about Thibodeau, too. I don't know if we talked about this in L.A. or not, but it certainly Hassel brought it up, which I was incredibly uh, impressed and concerned by. But uh, the old fire in the belly conversation. Ah. And Prisco's mentioned that. Hassel asked him about it, and he gave a very good answer. Um, I don't remember what he said, but it, probably you can imagine what he might say. And I, I remember I, I texted Scott about it, and I said, so are there concerns about him playing hard? and Love of the game, fire in the belly. Right. And there other interest besides football. Right. Exactly. And the response I got back was there's no concern about him loving football. There's some concerns about his willing to be coached hard. And um, he also said at the end of the day, we're probably overthinking this. I mean, the guy's right. amazing. So, you know, I talked to a couple of scouts at Senior Bowl and they said, God, we wish the draft was like January 15th because we just spent the next three months overthinking things. And yeah. I think that's, that's also right, which is, you know, well, what we're, what we're doing right when, now. Um, remember when, uh, Miles Garrett was coming out. He's yeah, like, he had other I interests, love, right? I love dinosaurs and poetry. And Pete's like, well, who loves poetry? I don't know if I can trust a guy who loves poetry. It's like... It, 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 Pete hates art, just so we're clear. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. He makes up bones about it. Yeah, Pete believes he could smear poo on a, on a piece of paper and sell it for... That's the same thing. It's just... That's what art is. It's crap. Smeared on a piece of paper. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I get, I, I get the old school... Like, old man yells at cloud mentality of... This guy loves poetry, therefore he can't be a, you know, a maniac on the field. But it, it's it's fine for people to like other stuff. Yeah, you know? like that's you. No one is just playing football, and that's it. Although, what else is Pete like? Like he plays golf, and that's it. I think, right? Does he have any other interests? Turkey sandwiches. Turkey sandwiches. He can he do watches, that while he watches Below Deck with his wife. 
Oh, he does. Yeah, that's sad. That's way worse than being we're, into art. We're, we're fairly certain that Pete actually records Monday Night Football, watches below deck with his wife <laughs> during the game, and then catches up like for the second half because he goes dark on text and, and tweets. So we think he's we think he's which if if that guy if, that, if that's true and we don't know it is if it's true and that got out to the general public that Pete spends the first half of Monday Night Football watching below deck and then he might like, get canceled. Yeah, yeah, he really might get football canceled. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, oh come on, Dino. there it is. Nice. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Brinson <laughs> losing his britches almost literally at the at getting hit in the gourd. Thanks to Sean Wagner McBlank for putting that gift together. That was a highlight of his day last week. It's a live show too. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk quarterbacks in this draft class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So the quarterbacks in this draft class are not good. Hey, so- okay, I take that back. This is this is a better quarterback draft class in 2013. Yeah. When it was EJ Manuel, um, Gina you know. Smith, my boy Mile, uh, my boy Glennon. Was he the third? You said Glennon. He went the third round to yeah, because in and the third quarterback off the board. Yeah, and remember, um, he had been recruited. He was a, he was a uh, either a four or five star recruit coming out of high school. He'd been recruited by Greg Schiano to go to Rutgers, yeah, NC State, and, and so Schiano loved him. Then Matt Barkley was actually the fourth quarterback off the board. I think that um, I think you know if, if you want to old takes expose me, you know, like you love to rip me for the uh, the the. Uh, the Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm first overall. I'm pretty sure I had Matt Barkley going first overall in the in the previous. Yeah, the people were much higher on Matt Barkley at the time. I'm willing to give you a pass on that. Ryan Nassib, remember when he was going to go in the first round? Right, out of Syracuse. Out of Syracuse, yep. Doug Marone's boy. Uh, Tyler, people thought Doug Marone was going to take him in Buffalo in the first round. Like, uh, and Actually, I guess Marone wasn't there yet. Uh, Tyler Wilson with the Raiders. Landry Jones. He wasn't even terrible. He's, he actually, he's like, 98% of Mason Rudolph. So one in the third round, one in the fourth round. That makes sense. Brad Sorensen to the Chargers in the seventh round. Zach Dyson, I've, I've got a point I'm making here, uh, to the Broncos. B.J. Daniels to the 49ers. And uh, Sean Renfrey to the Atlanta Falcons. B.J. Daniels, of course, I believe. Did B.J. Daniels go to uh, – did he go to Macaulay? Am I crazy? I don't know. That's your school. No, no, no. Somebody else did. I, I can't remember. Anyway, carry BJ on. B.J. and the Bear. So that, that that's a really bad draft class for quarterbacks. Yeah. This draft class, because of how it sets up, just because teams still need quarterbacks, because we got these retirements, 
Um, these questions about Rodgers, Tom Brady's walking away, Big Ben's walking away. There are holes that need to be filled at quarterback. And the three guys that you have going in the first, uh, of course, Drew Brees left uh, prior to last year. The three guys you have going in the first round, none of them go in the top 10. Matt Corral to the Washington, Washington Commanders at 11 overall. I mean, is Corral your favorite quarterback in this draft class? Yeah, he is. He's He has been since the fall. I like Corral. How about uh, pl- plays at length. Kiffin offense, so that's a concern. He's only six one. He maybe a lot, of, a lot of RPO stuff, right? A lot of RPO stuff. He has a good arm. He's gotten better each and every year through a lot fewer interceptions in twenty twenty one. I think went from seventeen to five interceptions, something like that. And he actually told me and Josh Edwards on a on a draft pod, I think a YouTube pick six exclusive, that he actually sort of understood what defense was trying to do. Was a little more patient. Uh, understood sort of the the drop eight thing that Patrick Mahomes struggled with at times this season, and, and was able to adjust accordingly, made a lot more plays. He was used to run a lot. He's taken a ton of hits. You would like him to take fewer hits at the next level. But if you're looking for an athletic quarterback, which everyone seems to be looking for, uh, he certainly fits the bill. Um, <clears throat> Kenny Pickett's not quite that athletic, doesn't have as good an arm. Um, I like Kenny Pickett. I mean, the reality is Matt Corral's probably should go 20 to 32, and the rest of the guys should go in the second round or later. But these guys are going to get pushed up for based on the way they played last year, like Kenny Pickett. Um, and here's the thing. Please quit comparing Kenny Pickett to Joe Burrow. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Joe Burrow in terms of the way he that? plays. That's a talking point because he had such a good 20, 21 season like Joe Burrow did when he transferred from, from Ohio State. But he, he's not. Joe Burrow won the title. I, mean, I guess Kenny Pickett won the ACC championship, but still. Like, yes, same difference. The Panthers taking Kenny Pickett at six would be a pretty wild move. It would be crazy because there's no one to protect him. And here's what here's the comparison I have for Kenny Pickett. It ain't Joe Burrow. Daniel Jones? Actually, it's, it's, <laughs> In terms of the way he plays, it's more Derek Carr, but in terms of the expectations, if he goes that high, it'll be Daniel Jones. If he goes six to the Panthers, he's basically Southern Daniel Jones. And if Daniel Jones went in the middle of the second round, no one cares that he's playing the way he plays now. He went six overall. Dave Gettleman ruined him and in a sense, and the expectations are insanely out of whack with where he should have been drafted. And if they'd just taken Quentin Nelson second overall the year before the Daniel Jones, they'd probably be in a pretty good spot. That wouldn't have been that crazy. Um, Yeah, I I would – I think a lot of times with these questionable quarterback situations, it is like for me, the biggest problem is the opportunity cost of what you are giving up. Like if let's say Washington takes Matt Corral and I, I don't really have a hot take opinion at all about Matt Corral. I mean, if they like him, they like him. That's great. But you know, you're passing on Derek Stingley jr. Who had an incredible season in, in his, as a freshman, true freshman in, at, uh, at LSU, Garrett yep. Wilson out of Ohio State, Tyler Linderbaum, who a lot of people like as a center coming out of Iowa. Just those are just the, the next three guys taken Trayvon Walker, defensive lineman out of Georgia, Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver, tours ACL in the championship game. You know, my point is that, you know, if you're taking Matt Corral because you need a quarterback and he's, you're like, well, he's the best guy and we just have to take a quarterback, that is. A, a poor way to operate and the opportunity cost down the road will eventually be quite expensive. Here's the only thing I would say. I don't disagree with that. The only th- couple things I would say, if you're the Rams, they've shown you that you can overvalue first round picks. And sometimes I think it's worth rolling the dice on quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not going to hold against teams talking themselves into it for the most part, because here's the thing. What if one of these, what if Malik Willis is, is Josh Allen? He just needs to be in the right system. Cause Josh Allen, completed 54% of his pass, whatever, come out of Wyoming, had no one to throw the ball to. And same with Malik Willis. He has no one to throw the ball to. He's right. five inches shorter or whatever, but he does a lot of things well physically that Josh Allen does. 
And you, you don't want to shut the door on Josh Allen. Now, look, there's probably a 3% chance of Lee Willis turns into Josh Allen. But if he's 75% of Josh Allen, is that worth the first-round pick? And I think it probably is. I haven't gone to the bottom right now. Are we just not going to compare Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson? Is that just too obvious? The comparison the scout gave me was like Michael Vick. They're the same size. But um, I, I was just looking at, like, what is he, 6'1", 215? Like, that's not Josh Allen. He's two, He's like 220, 225, I bet. He's okay, thick. Okay. okay. He's thick. And actually, Vick was actually that thick. He, he seemed much skinnier, but he actually was pretty thick, and he was short. Um, I, I saw Malik. I actually didn't see him. I take that back. He he played in Raleigh against State, so I, but I watched the game very closely. Um, I mean, not blown away. He he makes a lot of bad throws, and you're like, oh boy, what's going on here? Has no one to throw the ball through. The offensive line sucked. He struggled against good teams, and that's just reality. I mean, in that sense, you can say, well, Josh Allen did too, but that's the other thing. You can't put Malik Willis uh, on the Texans, for example, or the Panthers. Or the Panthers. You have to put them on the Saints. You have to put them, the Steelers are probably even a, a big ass because the offensive line, unless they fix that. But Detroit actually is not a bad landing spot. Jerry Goff's going to play next year. Their offensive line's pretty good. I feel like they're going in the right direction with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, and they, they can continue to fix things as they move on. Yeah. you have, Like you said, you have going 32 to Detroit. I, I'm actually fine with that. Now, I don't know that he, I, and I don't know what the ideal quarterback for the, for the Lions is, but I do think with they're playing Jared Goff. In 2022. Yeah. It's going to and be that, a Jimmy G situation. Yeah. Or and maybe even 2023. Like, you you know, give Malik Willis time to get ready. Give him time to get used to your offense. Make sure you plan on, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where if you're the Lions and you draft him, you need to have ownership signing off on a continuity plan where the only reason that there's a change in offensive coordinator or head coach is because I mean, or, you know, not even head coaches, offensive coordinators. Only reason to change is because somebody gets promoted because the Lions are just too good. So that I think that's really important if you're if you're going to draft uh, Malik Willis. And then wait, who did you have taken? Who took Kenny Pickett? Oh, the Saints. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that that's, that's yeah. a great. Here's the thing: I, I wish Tom Payton was still there in this scenario. That helps. Yeah, the Steelers pick twenty. I would be fine with Matt Corral there. I would be okay with Kenny Pickett there. I wouldn't love Malik Willis there. It feels like a little just because they have other needs. But you know, we were when you approach it from the perspective of. Did a you fan, hear at the Senior Bowl at all? I, I mean, I heard secondhand. I wasn't there clearly, but um, I heard that the Steelers love Malik Willis. Thomas talked up the fact that he wants a mobile quarterback, and neither Mason nor Dwayne offers that for sure. And they're going to carry four quarterbacks on the roster, is what they Kevin Colbert said today. So, two spots open. Um, so I, I do wonder, and the Steelers more than any other team are terrible about hiding what they're going to do on the draft. I, I mean, Nasha Harris was, was like, all right, this has got to be a lie. They can't just be taking Nasha Harris. So, yeah, we'll draft. find out if they love Malik or not. And if he's there, maybe they take him. And I just don't, I just, if they do, don't play him next year. So I, I'm okay with all three guys at 20. I wouldn't want to take any of them at, at six and no. maybe not even 11 where the football team is. Or and and you wouldn't want the your your Steelers to trade up at all. like For a quarterback? Yeah. No, absolutely not. They don't sacrifice any assets to move up. But if one of them they trade if, down if you, for a quarterback, if you let's say let's say all three of them free fall and they get to 20, you're fine with the Steelers taking whoever they have at the top of the board. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I, I said Matt Corral's my number one, but if all three are there at 20 and there's a plan in place, I might even lean towards Mike Willis a little bit. He's, he, he's got the most upside, obviously, right? Way more. And then there's there's Carson Strong, whose knee issue is going to see him drop to the probably third round or so, maybe war, uh, more. So Desmond Ritter. I'm not going to win my 
fifty to one bet that Carson Strong is the first overall pick. No, that's a, that's a, if you can sell that, I would encourage you to do that. <laughs> I can't sell that. Um, He's like five thousand to one to win first. Desmond round. Desmond Ritter is he might be a late a third round guy. I don't love him. Some other people like him more than I do. And then Sam Howell. Sam Howell actually might sneak into the first round. Like I know uh, their, their scouts that love him a lot more than I do. And we're impressed with the way he played last year. I thought he didn't play great after he lost the two running backs and two wide receivers. But um, a lot of people, the people who love Sam Howell, point out the, you know, the losses of the NFL guys, and that's it's fair. I mean, you know, here's the thing: you're going to go to a crappy team, and you're going to have to, you know, lift that offense. So that's not a good thing. Sam to have Howell's uh, biggest concern for me is that if if you watch him play, and you know, I watch Carolina play because I'm hoping they'll lose a lot. Um, yeah. He he runs a ton and he ran a lot last year and he it, not even in a Carson Wentz way, oh, but he would slap in the face. No, 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 no. I mean that like, like Carson Wentz would like Sam Howell is not big and he would like incite contact. Like he would look to hit, like make contact and, and try to drag two or three guys into the end zone, which works in the ACC. I guess that will not, that will last three games in the NFL. He was also his terrible footwork, number one. Number two, he's also like a one-read-and-run guy. Yep. And I get that. When your offensive line sucks, you're not trying to hang around there and get yep, your so offensive line is going to suck. And your offensive line is going to be. So those are things he has to work through, and, and can you coach those things out of him? It's not going to happen immediately. It might be a, a process, and I get all that. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't – I'm warming to Sam Howell. I still wouldn't take him in the first round, but, that, you know, I, I don't have any of the first 32 picks, so it's not up to me. Yeah, I think I, my opinion is probably tainted by – you would love me. I, I, I will say that after last year, I felt like he was going to be a top ten pick for sure. If he played after on NC State, you you would be Matt Matt Staffording that guy up like no tomorrow. Obviously, was, wait till you see what happens next year with Devin Leary declares for the draft. Hopefully, he stays for one more year um, after he wins a Heisman this season. The quarterback, yes, NC State. I was actually watching NC State offense the other day. I don't know. I can't remember who I was watching. Maybe it was the pit game oh, or he, something. It, he was actually slinging it. Oh yeah, he's watching the Carolina game too. Just he, he's he's really good. Um, Needs to get it, uh, not 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 get it together in the head. Just sort of like he 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 physical physically, he has as much arm talent as you'll see coming out of the uh, coming out of the draft of, of anybody. This is an extra draft class, but like just uh, it took it took him a while to get the offense. But he's now he's now uh, playing some good football. Where's he from? Is he from North Carolina, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. man. I know. There you go. Uh, okay, non quarterbacks. Top five guys that we haven't covered. Who do you? Why do I have mis? Oh, yeah. Um, my website does weird things. Kyle Hamilton, you have going six. Ahmad Gardner, seven. David Ajabo, eight. Jermaine Johnson, the second, nine. And Drake London, ten. Out of those guys, who's your favorite prospect? I love all those guys, and. Jermaine Johnson went to the Senior Bowl and absolutely destroyed it. He was a second round pick for me until the Senior Bowl, and he was just—he went off. It was fun to watch. But Drake London might be the guy. Um, I was talking to the scout over the summer, and he says, "Keep it on Drake London." I was like, "Yeah, Drake London is basically Drew Bennett for me." Like I had watched him over the summer. I was like, "I don't love yeah. him," and because he, you know, he played with Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman sort of was the dude there. Yeah. Um, along with Amon Ross St. Brown, who was there as well, and but Drake London is legit, and he's actually better than Michael Pittman, I think. Um, he broke his ankle towards the end of the season, but you have him as the first wide receiver taken. Yeah, uh, out of Alave and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I've been Alave didn't go in the first round. Garrett Wilson, really? Garrett Wilson's legit too. Uh, Alave's he's not a possession receiver, but he's not as good as Garrett Wilson. All right, well, uh, let's I mean, just just a, as a quick 
sort of mental timestamp and for for those who might have access to any or, or who will see it pop up on odds boards these props don't start coming out like right away they i think these books don't want to get crushed so they're sort of waiting until the to That's probably after, after the combine to start putting out odds but maybe drake london or so Alave will be the favorite when they release first wide receiver taken. Don't because, don't even touch it. No, but I, no, no, no. But I'm saying maybe there's some value here in Drake London being the first guy if he's like five. Absolutely, Drake London value. Garrett Wilson may be up there too. Garrett, Garrett so, Wilson, be, Garrett Wilson, Alave will be like. This is just my guess on how it'll open it. Whatever book does it first, Alave minus one twenty five, Garrett Wilson plus one fifty, and then Drake London will be like somewhere between plus three fifty and plus five hundred. So yeah, I would put I would put money once it comes out and you know, obviously you can see it. Drake London, Traylon Burks, it might be a long, it, may, it might be a long shot worth betting to wide receiver to Arkansas. Um, Garrett Wilson, see what it looks like. And Jameson Williams, who has the ACL. Now he's the first guy taken without the ACL injury, right? It's close. I mean, he's, he's explosive. Uh, I still like Drake London a little better. Okay. Um, I might like Garrett Wilson. They're, they're close. They're, they're a lot of good guys. There's no Jamar chase in this draft class. Right. Like Drake London is basically Michael Pittman, but I, I think he I like him a little better. He's that so he's huge. He can run, contested catch guy all day long. Garrett Wilson reminds me of Odell Beckham. So if you think that's good, I have him going to Cleveland too, which is sort of funny. Um, Jameson Williams is uh, is a he's skinny, but he's he's he'll run by you all day long. Actually, um, one of the draft uh, draft podcasts I listen to, um, I, I haven't just had. I've, I'm just driving and just trying to find a podcast to listen to and trying to piss off my wife. Um, but the, uh, it was, it was, a uh, the ringers draft pod show. With, oh, with Dane uh, and, um, no, no, that's it. That's the athletic. Oh, the ringer. Who the ringer does it? Um, it's Danny Kelly. Oh, Danny. Yeah. And a friend of the pod, Danny Kelly, friend ben, of real life. Danny Kelly. Does Ben um, Solak do that too? And Ben Solak. Yeah. I love Yeah. Solak. He's, they're both great. Oh, but what I think they had a, they had a, uh, Garrett Wilson, Olave. I mean, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, OBJ comp. Oh, they like, did. Yeah, they're like this, and they sent him to Cleveland. It was sort of like the fu oh, yeah. fu to Cleveland. So yeah, that's not a. That seems like a, a viable situation. Uh, but yeah, it was a good pod. Oh, no, those still, are good. Those are two good dudes. Yeah, two very good dudes. And um, anywho, okay. So that's the wide receiver chat. We'll have much more of that, I'm sure, down the road. In the meantime, watch Ryan Wilson on TikTok. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. He will be on there a lot in the next few months. A lot. And you will uh, you will be in the combine. We're doing live shows from the combine, mm. or, or I don't know. We'll figure something out. At any rate, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Read his mock drafts. Talk to you later, buddy.